This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's here. It's here. Hockey is back. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Spits and Suds. And it's so good to say non-off-season edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by my teammate from EP Rinkside, from Shap Shots, from his work at D Magazine, and from his uh, multiple books on the Dallas Stars and the Texas Stars. He's Sean Shapiro. Teammate, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm. Uh, it's it's fun. We've reached the, 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 the busy but fun time of year, and... Uh, it's also the weirdest time of year too at the same time because uh like we know the preseason is going and everything like that but just with how and this isn't common this isn't a commentary on the stars themselves this is more of my commentary on the league in general with how the NHL treats preseason hockey it feels so weird because like I'm looking at the schedule right now there's preseason games tonight between Buffalo Pitts Buffalo and Pittsburgh Detroit and Washington New Jersey and New York Colorado and Minnesota. I think there's like six preseason games tonight, right? Yeah. I can only feasibly watch two of those. And it's just amazing to me that in the year 2023, and this isn't a commentary on individual teams because this, this, I believe this comes, this is this, I believe this, I put this more on the league in general that in the year 2023, it's so hard to actually watch preseason hockey when there are people and it's obviously not going to be the largest swath of audience that you would have for regular season games but there's still enough people who want to watch these games and would, would tune in and watch and so uh that's more of my uh i understand the system i understand I'm, I'm not asking for someone to explain to me why i just feel like it's something that the nhl should take a long look in the mirror at and uh realize that they could fix some of this themselves and make these games more readily available in preseason. I think it would just be good for us. Well, that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. So a follow-up from the last episode, as we continue this Sean Shapiro, Gavin Spittle storyline, did you stay up for hockey in Australia? Did you watch the following day and what were your thoughts? I watched the, uh, I, I did not stay up to watch the, actually I did on the Saturday night game in Australia, I watched a little bit of the first period. I was already up a little bit late and threw it on on the TV while getting some late night dishes done in the kitchen. Um, but then, but, but both of them, I ended up I ended up pulling them up and watching them, kind of uh, watching them the next day on on the on the on the rewatch on ESPN Plus and everything like that. So, um, I uh, talked to. We actually have a listener of the show. Um, Simon Cave, who is in Australia as a Stars fan. So shout out to Simon, hey, who Simon. I know was at the game. He's uh, Gavin, he's someone who became a Stars fan because of NHL 99 on the PlayStation. That's how that's how you grow the game anyway nice. you can, right? And uh, he, so it was great. I talked to him this week to hear what it was like as being a, uh, being hockey in Australia. And uh, I actually thought it was pretty good as far as, a lot of times I think these preseason games turn into farces because 
there's too many of them and neither and, and it's typically turns into like we saw if anyone who went to the Dallas game Tuesday night you saw it's really one team it's basically a road team B squad versus a home team A squad and i thought the australia games were actually as close to actual regular season lineups because both teams sent their best um obviously pretty really nice goal of the year candidate before the year even started from logan cooley and it was kind of cool to see um i'm not the biggest tennis guy but i tune in and watch some of it when on the big tournaments so kind of cool to see the uh the rink set up there where they uh where they do the australian open yeah i think they should have had a chair umpire and ball boys and ball girls but cool. other than that yeah. i really enjoyed it <laughs> that would have that would have i don't know how you would have fit the chair umpire in, but you could have fit in like a ball boy on like, like skates for like the puck drop, right? Like you could have done yeah. like the, like you could have had that, you could have had some fun with that a couple Absolutely. times of like, for like, like the center ice face off, just like gets two P two, uh, two ball boys on skates, just delivering the puck to the referee. Right. So that would have been cool. It's interesting. You say that Sean, because the LPGA does that for their Canadian open. And oh, on yeah. one of the holes where the women are, you know, the tee box where the women are driving from, they set up hockey boards as in, oh, instead cool. of stanchions, and they have a Zamboni on there. And a lot of times, like the uh, uh, the course reporter will be, you know, broadcasting from the Zamboni, and the um, the people that have the quiet signs are wearing referee and hockey helmets. And I just That's think a nice it's a, touch. I, it a nice really touch. is. It's a terrific tribute, and uh, the fans love it. And uh, the the ladies totally get into it. You know, they talk about their favorite hockey team, and it's just like, you know, I I really really love that they do those kinds of things, especially in golf. You know, I mean, we see how mm-hmm. rowdy like a Ryder Cup is, and we can see. Um, I'll give you another example. Last Friday night, Sean, um, we took over section one thirty three at Globe Life um, Field, and what that is is it's a section in right field that was kind of started by a fraternity night and they do chants okay. and it really is like a soccer game. And cool. my ears were buzzing and it was amazing. It was a completely different way to watch baseball. And I love the unique twists. And that's what I love about let's go to Australia. Let's go to Finland. Let's do this. Let's expand this great game because it is international. Now, one thing that technology has allowed is, you know, the growth of sports where, you know, it's not as hard as it, you know, once was to follow your team. You can now basically follow any team in the world, and that's just awesome. It is. That is that is cool. Okay, stars preseason. And the yes. big news, Sean, Logan Stankoven, you wrote mm-hmm. on Shap Shots about mm-hmm. Logan Stankoven with the question, and you actually brought up something and you referenced our friend David Castillo from D, D Magazine was it's not a question of is he ready because you answered that question you talked about when is he ready i thought it was interesting pete DeBoer talked about maverick bork and stankoven after the game and the primary focus was actually on the defensive end rather than the offensive end so i thought that was actually a really cool coach's message especially in training camp like this is what these guys have to work on to make this team and get to them early and focus on their defensive side. So I really like that from Coach DeBoer. Uh, I like that he was so frank about it. I really enjoyed your article. Uh, I thought it was very in-depth, and I think you nailed it. 
and this is going to be my opinion, and I'm going to relate it to the Texas Rangers again because we have a lot of Ranger fans that listen to this podcast. Evan Carter is the next big thing for the Rangers, and he's come up late in the year and just provided an amazing spark. Still batting in that nine hole because they don't want to move him right now, but he's the future of the franchise. All year we were talking about Evan Carter on the radio station and how quickly he's developing, yet we didn't see Evan Carter till the end of the year. But now nobody's talking about that anymore. They're just talking about the excitement. And I just want to remind people that it's okay if Logan Stankoven starts the year as a 20-year-old in Texas, and in many ways, I think it's actually a good thing. What do you think? Yeah, and as as I wrote about today in the piece, it is a, to me, there's a couple, like, there's a couple, like, key facts we need to establish right about the Logan Stankoven story and his chance to make this roster and things like that. And the first one is I think like Logan Stankoven is NHL ready. Like if there's uh, right now, let's do quick because there's going to be 13. I'm doing using my calculator real quick right now. So there's 32 NHL teams. Every NHL team has 13 forwards roughly. That means there's 416 NHL forwards to start the year on opening night rosters. Logan Stankoven is in the top 416 NHL hockey forwards in the world right now. I truly believe that. Like wow. Logan Stankoven is ready to play in the NHL. The issue more so is he's happens to be a part of a franchise that is in a clear cup window, um, can win the Stanley Cup, and we're not talking about the Arizona Coyotes. We're not talking about the Montreal Canadiens. If he was part of those franchises, it'd be a no-brainer. This guy would be playing second-line minutes already. You'd be getting, you'd be running and rolling yeah. with it. But just like your Rangers comparison, the Rangers—that's the luxury when you're winning. That's when, like the I think, and you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong on this, Gavin. But I think from a Rangers fan perspective, people kind of had to recalibrate where. We're a good team. Yes. Right. Like, 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 like you have to, like, it's, you have to kind of, and I don't think stars fans need as much of that recalibration because obviously this team went to the, has, has been good in the Jim Nill era. They went to the cup final in 2020. They were in the Western conference final last year, but I still think people need to remember that this team is acting like a team that can win it all right now and not a team that says we have to develop one guy. And I think that's a good thing as a fan. I really do. Right. So, so, Stankoven is, by by my view, he is he is ready for the NHL. He's just in the wrong franchise to be in the NHL this season. And the other thing about it is, and, and this is what's the point that David Castillo brought up, and it's a fair point, but it's a lot of people use the the uh, Wyatt Johnson comparison of, oh, he's not Wyatt Johnson. And I get what David's saying where they're, they are two different players, and they are two different players. But another thing, and to expand even further than I went in the article on this, Wyatt Johnston's season last year also came with a caveat, Gavin, where it wasn't NHL or AHL, it was NHL or OHL, right? And so for Wyatt Johnston, it was more and more of a discussion of, we're either putting this kid, Johnston, in a spot where he's in the best league in the world, or he's going to a place where he's better than everyone else. Yep. That's that's not the conversation for Stankoven right now, where... He's goes to the AHL. Even if he's the best player in the AHL, he can still get better. We're not talking about him going to junior to play against 18 year olds again. So that's another thing about Stan Cohen. And the other big thing 
that is really important. And I, I, I think Pete DeBoer, I like Pete DeBoer's sentiment of the message he sent about defensively and fitting in and everything like that. But the other thing is Jim Nill built this roster with 13 NHL forwards already. And so with Jim Nill's offseason actions and his decisions to sign Sam Steele and Craig Smith and go get Matt Duchesne, all signings we've talked about, and I like, there's not a spot for Jim Nill to get Logan Stankoven onto this roster without an injury. I think Logan Stankoven will play in the NHL this year. I really do. I But just we're having the argument needs to be recentered on when is that next step as opposed to as opposed to whether he'll make, because I, I think if we try to pull our hair out and try to pretend that he's potentially can actually win a job for October 10th or 12th or whatever it is in training camp, we're doing ourselves a disservice. And I think right. this context is really important. Right. Absolutely. And you don't want him up as a healthy scratch. That's no, just, not that's not, not productive. So, I mean, and, and you know, like, candidly, like, I don't want him on a lower line. I don't want him on a fourth line because I just don't think he fits that mold. Even though, as we've talked about on Spits and Suds, Pete DeBoer's system is more offensive minded. You don't have that quote unquote hard checking line like we did in the Rick Bonus era. Yeah. Well, and, and Gavin, the other thing too is like, and this is this is kind of remarkable to think about with where the stars are. Um, and I'd be curious. I'd, I'd have to look across the league to see if it if, to see if there's anyone else, but. The stars right now, with their projected roster going into this season, they don't. Ha- they they only have one waiver exempt player on what I project as the roster to start the season. That I mean, I don't. I'd have to take a look across the league to see how many other teams are like that. But it's not like you could be like, oh well, there's this other guy we could send out. The only other guy that's waiver exempt is Wyatt Johnston, and Wyatt Johnston is not getting waived. Yeah. is necessarily not getting waived. And Wyatt Johnston is not going to the AHL. So it's. That's that's the other thing too, where it's like it's not there there's these pieces that are that are built in where it's not like, oh well, he's competing with this other guy who's waiver exempt and could go down. No, he's he just it's they built this roster. This is the roster Jim Nill thinks can win this Stanley Cup. And Logan Stankoven is part of the plan when someone gets hurt or if uh you come to you come to late December and the stars have forgot how to score goals. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and I want stars fans to think of this perspective. Injury happens. Mm-hmm. Good chance you see Stankoven. Let's just say another injury happens in the forward. Maverick Bork comes up. Let's just say throughout the year there's a defensive injury. You have Gavin Bayreuther. If he remains with the team, you have Jordy Ben. And then we're getting Leon Bixel ready. And he could be a call mm-hmm. up as well. That's a that's a great problem to have. I mean, I want Jim Nill to struggle with having to send Stankoven down when someone becomes healthy. Those are great yeah. problems to have in your organization. So we should actually be celebrating this. I know fans want to see him. I get it. It's awesome to see him in preseason. He's twenty years old. It's okay. And by the way, don't forget. Bit of a different circumstance, Sean, but I still think that Jake Ottinger was probably ready. However, they sent him down to begin the year, get that seasoning. He dominated at the AHL level, came up with a lot of confidence, and we know the rest of the story. Well, and Jake has even admitted that to both yeah. of us, I think. He yeah. just talked about that out loud. So that's not really that's a, that's I mean, obviously different position, but it's that's 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 the reality of it. And I think there's a there's something that people 
it's I, I obviously I am a big believer in the AHL. I wrote a whole book about it, right? And um, the I think sometimes people it and I think it's part of the media coverage of the AHL because of how hockey's covered. Like I think people sometimes like look at the AHL and they forget that actual growth happens there. I think yeah. too often people look at it like a black box where they're like, oh, well, it's just a holding spot. It's not just a holding spot. Growth happens. Um, I watched, I intentionally went out of my way to watch games of Maverick Bork this past, this summer from the Texas, from, from, from his year with Texas. And you watch Bork from games 15 through 20 and games 60 through 70. He's a completely different player. Yep. He's an improved player. He's, better all around. He sees the game better uh, defensively. He tracks better. Like these are all things. Logan Stankoven will get better playing for Texas. And if, and the other thing, and this is going to sound like the slightly harsh view, but it's, it's true. If the stars stay healthy, Gavin, and they, they stay incredibly healthy. They only need 13 forwards all year, which doesn't happen, but hypothetically they do that. There's nothing wrong with your long-term cap structure of Logan Stankoven's contract contract window being pushed a year farther, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Like if this is win-win for the organization where if they stay completely healthy, they do everything they need to do and he doesn't play in the NHL this year, which I don't think will happen, but if he doesn't, there's still a positive long-term window here of extending that long-term stars window yes. of, of keeping a competitive team on the ice for three years, five years, 10 years from now too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, the other thing stars fans should be excited about is what do players like Stankoven, Bork and Bixel, as we've talked about here on spits and suds, they provide cap relief, which you need to be a continuous contender here in the NHL. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be dumping off players to dump cap. You want to be building. And it's a good problem to have. If you're having to sign those, prospects to long-term deals that means they've hit and they've hit big in the nhl so i agree with you too sean i'm so glad you brought that up about the ahl because in my years covering the ahl with now the texas stars but primarily with the houston arrows um Mm -hmm. the one thing halting players from coming up was consistency and part of that consistency by the way was the starting houston arrows goaltender anton hudobin who, you know, you'd, I'd watch him and, he, you know, he'd be like, how is this guy not in the NHL? And then I'd watch the next game and I'm like, wow, does he even want to be here tonight? And he got it together, mm-hmm. became a quality NHL backup. We saw what he did in the Stanley Cup run. So I think it's just mostly consistency. But, you know, I mean, it, it's a terrific league. And, and that's really, to me, the differentiating factor between the AHL and the NHL. Players are big. Yeah. Players are fast. A great league to watch, and you're right. Maverick Bork's development from Tier 1 to Tier 2 as far as past the AHL All-Star break, second half of the year, to the point where he got called up, you know, and was taking pregame skates in the playoffs. So that's how impressed the Stars were with his development. Yeah. He's, uh, like, it's it's a good, and there's a good uh, story on Stankoven from, uh, our friend Stephen Meserve over at 100 Degree Hockey about how Stankoven and Bork, Stankoven looks at Bork and try to use his, uses him as a model for this year. And I think that's a good thing. And I think the other thing that's good about these players and with Bork and Stankoven 
is I think they get it. Like, I know, I, I think there's a lot of, obviously they want to be in the NHL this year, but I also think that they understand the process. They understand right. the, that they understand how this all works out. Like Stankoven, let's take him for example. Stankoven, not that it was his choice to go back to junior last year, it was the star's plan, but Stankoven embraced another year in the WHL last year and enjoyed going to Memorial Cup and all of that stuff and everything. And I think he gets that there's steps to this. And I think that he understands that. And I think the stars have kept him in the loop on that too. And I think it's, I don't think there, I don't think this is a crisis thing. And these are, um, these are good problems to have. These are the types of things where it's like, okay, I'm not what you don't want to be. And I think there's this is a good piece of breaking news that happened today to talk about what good problems and bad problems are, right? So look what happened in Tampa Bay today. It comes yes. out that Andre Vasilevsky had back surgery, will miss two months. That was a scenario where all of a sudden everyone is going, oh crap, look at this depth chart and net for Tampa right now. And it's the perfect example of by Tampa not ever really addressing the backup goalie scenario ever and just only being willing to to ride Vasilevsky. Basically, now that he is hurt, you have big problems. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's better to have good problems that could solve future problems than to have big than to have problems like Tampa has right now. And I think the. Uh, I think that's where the stars are with their forwards right now. No, I think it's a great point. Absolutely. And it also breeds competition. Something yes, that we, yes. we haven't had here at all times, you know, where these guys, these youngsters are going to push the veterans and, and that's what you want. You want depth, but you also want uh competition. We did get a great yeah. question from one of our spits and suds faithful, uh, Jeffrey at J Lux 007. He says, guys, I love this podcast. Thanks so much. Don't know where the proper place to ask questions. You found the proper place. Hopefully here it works. Sean has talked about limiting Jamie Ben's minutes. How would he do that while keeping Johnston's minutes up, considering they're on the same line? I assume he needs more ice time. Yeah, no, that's and that's a really good question because it's it's definitely, and I get where the question comes from of you've got, you're talking about, de-escalating one player while elevating another. And I actually, it's it's important to add the context here of where Jamie Ben was, right? Like we're talking about Jamie Ben this past season was this past season uh, was at 1547, right? Two years ago and two, uh, the, during the 2021 season, Jamie Ben was averaging 1747. That's two more minutes per game. And I think Jamie Ben probably should be closer even to 1530 this year. That's actually not a bad minute count for Wyatt Johnston to be at. Like you look at this before Jamie Ben was being used in excess. That's what that was that was the, that he was being used. If we assume that a if we assume that there's 60 minutes in a hockey game and there are 60 minutes in a hockey game. There's 60 minutes in a hockey game and you have four lines. In theory, if you were to go, if you roll four exactly, just like scientifically quarter of a game, 
everyone would play 15 minutes. Well, that's probably where Jamie Benn and Wyatt Johnston both should be, right around 15 minutes. Because they should be that middle six, 15-minute guy where the Pavelski-Robertson-Hintz line probably should be up around 18, 19 minutes a game. You get another, you, you get, you get, so when you, and, and instead of taking 18, 19 minutes a game for the Pavelski, Roberts, and Hintz line, that one of the best lines in hockey. I want that line playing more. Your middle six should probably be playing about 15 minutes a game. And then your fourth line is getting closer to 13, 13, 12 to 13 minutes. And I think that's a good formula. And I, and I think that's the way, the way it works. Um, the other key to, to remember all of this is just, special team usage is is different too. And right? I was going to get into special teams. Like how does that change with the yeah. acquisitions? Uh, exactly. Smith, yeah. Deshane, Steele. Yeah. And I think like, uh, for example, I think Wyatt Johnston should kill penalties. I, I think Wyatt Johnston should be part of your penalty killing. He is a, um, I, I really like many parts of his game. And I think turning him into more of an effective shorthanded player would be a really nice piece i don't think jamie ben should be killing penalties anymore so like right there is a perfect example of what's one way you bring ben's minutes down but bring johnston's minutes up it's on it's on shorthanded i think ben um ben will probably still have a role on the power play i think that's that's definitely okay but you have different roles on on the special teams and as you kind of move things around and, and you figure out what roles work and what roles don't it starts to naturally even itself out if, if if that makes sense so it's a really good question because it's not like i want i don't want either i just want jamie ben i want jamie ben and y johnson both around similar minutes right now but also keep in mind that wyatt johnston two years from now probably going to be around an 18 minute a night guy jamie ben two years from now probably going to be around a 12 minute a night guy. So you're going to be, you're going to be at a spot where those two, they're, they're kind of in that spot in their careers where they're um, and no one can see what I'm doing. I've got my hands doing little movements up and down right now, but they're even. And if the hands are even, if the right hand is Jamie Van, the left hand is Wyatt Johnston, the one hand's moving down while the other hand's moving up. And they're just going to start to, you're going to start to see that over kind of progress probably more so next season, but maybe a little bit this season, but special teams is how it's going to happen. I'm guessing, and I want your expertise on this as a guy who's covered the Stars for years, I'm guessing with about a week left, we'll start to see the evolution of what we're going to see to begin the NHL regular season. Is that what, about yeah. you know, the last two, yeah, three games? Yeah, it's it's the space where I would say usually now for a lot of NHL teams, it is a... Uh, the last the last preseason game is typically the quote unquote dress rehearsal game, right? Like you have um if you have the last preseason game, like you might even still see Logan Stankoven and Maverick Bork in that last preseason game because they might be like, well, we don't need to play uh Tyler Sagan or we don't need to play Joe Pavelski or something energy wise. But like you're typically your last preseason game is the closest you're gonna have to a regular season lineup. And probably in the second to third to last one are probably second to last one is the other one that's similar, but it really depends on how each coach looks at it. Um, the biggest thing will be when it, it usually happens with about three preseason games left 
when does when's the mass cut that you no longer need two practice sessions? That's the big one. Right now you've got two uh you've got two groups, you got you got 40 something players, just just around 40 players in camp. You got two practice groups. It's it's a lot. And as that gets sorted down, we'll see another round of cuts soon. I think Texas's camp starts in about four or five days. Um, as all of that happens, you're going to see one group and then it'll be whittled down from that one group to a dress rehearsal group or whatever. And I think that's the key to watch and how long keeping in mind of guys we had earlier conversations with those guys from that are going to be in the AHL um, like Stankoven and Bork, the long, if there was part of that whittle down group, that's a good sign for where they'll be when an injury happens to, for the potential call up. Yep, absolutely. Sean, get your popcorn ready. Tonight, the debut of 18-year-old Connor Bedard for the Chicago Blackhawks as they take on the St. Louis Blues. That game will be on NHL Network. So be interesting to see how many eyes are on preseason hockey watching the Blackhawks. And, uh, boy, it's going to be special seeing him at the AAC this year. He's going to be a fun player. He's going to be one of those guys where um... – if you're a hockey fan, he's going to be right up there with. I'm buying a season ticket pack. I'm buying like if you're the, if you're the type of person who's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy a multi game pack of five or six games, right? Like, Chicago always is going to be on your list for a long time because he's he's going to be like McDavid. Um, he's he, he's an elite player. He's going to be one of the best players in the world pretty quickly. Even just it's this kid's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, he's going to be really fun to watch. And, and just like the stars did with Wyatt Johnston, Joe Pavelski, Nick Felino has said, "Come here," and kind of taken yeah. him under his wing. And I love the signing of Nick Felino on that team with a lot of youngsters. Also Taylor Hall. I'm not saying that they're going to win the Central Division. I'm just saying they put some nice veteran pieces in place along with a younger core coming through the system. Um, guys that have been there, guys that have played for you know, a long time, guys that have played in meaningful games. So I think that was some smart movement for the Blackhawks, who have a lot of assets. To be clear, they are still going to be bad. I think that's the thing. Yep. The, like just, the other thing, just to be clear on, they're going to be fun, but they're going to be bad. They're, that is not a good, it is not a good hockey team. It's right. a fun hockey team. It will be fun to track. Um, but like, if you take a look at their, they, they brought some pieces, I think that are going to help them move things along in the right way and everything like that. But there is, and this is no disrespect to our old friend, Jason Dickinson, but when Jason Dickinson is your fifth best forward on the roster, yep, that's not a good hockey team. <laughs> that's not like, that's no, like, no, like I think, I think Jason Dickinson is a great is a great piece at around nine or as, as your kind of your depth forward, your ninth or 10th best forward. But when Jason Dickinson is your fifth, arguably your fifth best forward on the roster, that's not a playoff team. That's not a good hockey team. But so this team is going to be fun. They're going to let up a lot of goals. I mean, you look on their, at their back end where um, there's going to be some, mistakes there's going to be some some big mistakes on the back end when you look at kind of how they're built but they're going to be one of those must watch teams and like you go back to 
Crosby a long, long time ago. You go to Crosby's first year in the league. Pittsburgh was really bad. Um, you go to McDavid's first year in Edmonton. They were an under 500 team. Chicago is going to be this year though, is all about just kind of enjoying the ride. And for, and to me, the real kind of like, how do you compete with, how do you compete and take advantage of Bedard's rookie contract is year two and three of how do you, okay. You signed, you signed a lot of short-term deals this year. A lot of guys are going to come off the books next season. How do you kind of, uh, cause it, it's funny, Gavin, like you look at the, I'm looking at cap friendly for Chicago right now of the 14 forwards they have on there right now. Only one, two, three, four, only five of them have a contract for next season with Chicago. Wow. Like, and on the back end, it's only of the seven defensemen they've got on the roster projected roster right now. They've only got only three of them have a contract contract for next year with Chicago. Like this is a team where it's this year is all about the stopgap. It's why they're paying Corey Perry $4 million. It's why they're paying Tyler Johnson $5 million. This year is all about being fun and entertaining enough. And then next year with a boatload of cap space, you start going to work and you start using that Connor Bedard recruiting pitch to some other guys who are like, Hey, come be part of this. Come here for two years. We got Connor Bedard making less than a million dollars a year. Help us take advantage of that because that's when I start to get worried about Chicago as other central division teams, not this year, but next year. Sean, I'm going to pull my weight because you've been pulling your weight too much on this podcast. <laughs> and in November, I'm going to fly to Massachusetts and I am going to go see Boston University uh, against Quinnipiac. Ooh. Yes. And see. I know. I'm going to see Cole Eiserman, who is projected to be a top three pick for Boston University. <laughs> Macklin Celebrini, too. Yeah. Yep. And Quinnipiac uh, has two kids that were drafted, one in the third round by Boston and one in the fifth round um, So, by another team. So it's a good game. Yeah. But it's I'm, I'm going to pull my, I gotta pull my weight. I'm trying to get a job for EP ringside or something yeah. like that. You know? <laughs> just trying to figure it out. So I just wanted to, yeah. just wanted to yeah. let you know, I will have a report for you. I, I love it. I love it. Well, <laughs> it's uh it's it's the other thing too. I think that's something I, we should just mention real quick on this. Like we obviously talk about the stars, and that's that's the main focus with this podcast. But I love a lot of the other hockey conversation we get to have. Yeah. All of the other things. Like so, if you're a listener and you have something else you're curious about or you want to ask us, we can always we can talk that stuff too. Well, Gavin and I will always find ways to go down wormholes. Yep. So if you want to be the one that opens up a wormhole and you're a listener, yep. Feel free. So. No, absolutely. It's amazing when I'm walking the dog. I'm like, oh, I'm going to bring that up on the podcast. He's at Sean Shapiro on Twitter. I'm at GJ Spittle, and you could just throw any questions. In fact, a little tidbit, and this is hockey-related. We talked earlier about the expansion of the game and how Australia was a success. So I saw the signing of former NHL defenseman Joe Morrow. He is going to play, and when I first saw Manchester – I said, wow, he's going to play in Manchester, New Hampshire. That's interesting. He's going to play in Manchester, England, professional hockey. And then I, so I went down this wormhole and I started researching hockey in England and some of the teams. I have to tell you, 
There's some pretty packed arenas. Granted, it's not 16,000, but 2,500, 3,000-seat arenas that are pretty full for hockey in England, and it was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I, I'm. it's kind of one of those things where I'd love to – it's one of the places I'd love to see a game, actually, just because it's um, – it seems to me that there's kind of a bit of that, uh, a little bit of that fanatical base. It's a sport that fits pretty well with the, uh, the English climate as yep. far as the weather goes. And, uh, I, uh, and it's not, uh, it's still, t- it's, it's still obviously like if you're, if you look at the European leagues, it's, um, obviously the Russian league's a bit weird right now with the ongoing invasion, but you look at Sweden and Finland, uh, um, those leagues are obviously up top in the Swiss league, but like the English league is, is starting to make a bit of a push and it's nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I uh, still have a good friend, Peter Zingoni who played for the arrows in the AHL and we got to know each other and, uh, he actually got an offer to go play in Germany and mm-hmm. what you know when i was talking to him about it i was like what was it like and he's like man he's like this was well worth it the pay is great you don't play as much he's like and it's just it's great it's it's just you get to visit countries this is fascinating so uh it's good to see because it opens up opportunities to continue careers and also for some that might not make it to the nhl they get paid more than if they were in the ECHL, let's just say. So uh, I think yeah. it's a great opportunity for some players to, you know, make a living for a number of years playing a decent level of hockey. I have a good friend who, or, or I have a good family friend um, who uh, I I grew up playing around and he actually plays in the Swiss league right now. Mm. And uh, he plays in the Swiss BD, the Swiss B league right now. And, um, you talk about like a cool life experience. You get to go play sport. You get to go play a sport for a living in Switzerland. Um, it's tax free. That's nice. Wow. Um, it's uh, and they provide housing and a car for you. And it's like you get all of that provided. And by the way, like you play. They typically play like a fifty-five game schedule. I think so. It's not the rigors of an NHL schedule. You get some time to see the world. Like it's. Whenever uh, I always, I get why guys do it, and I don't want to like dump on the ECHL at all. But I always wonder why there's some guys who like I'll see some of these guys who stay in the ECHL and play ten to fifteen years in the ECHL or whatever, and there are a couple of them. And I always wonder why they never left for Europe, just because as much as you're like, oh, I'm in the ECHL, I'm two leagues away from the NHL. There's a life experience, and there's more money to be made by going to Europe than playing in the ECHL. And I, it's always interesting to me when I see those cases. And for some guys, maybe it's just not their cup of tea. They don't want to leave the United States or they don't want to leave North America and that's fine. But for, if I was ever in that spot to be good enough at hockey and that kind of was where my career path, I'd love, I would have loved to play in Europe for a bit to see what it was like. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Uh, also wanted to uh, shout out our man Fink on Twitter. Um, uh, he's loves playing club hockey and just a good dude. He's going to be doing social media for the Allen Americans. So congratulations. Awesome to see that passion for hockey turns into a uh, job. So congratulations to our spits and suds friend Fink. Um, so that's great. And all right. So 
Let's plug the book. We yep. win here. We've talked about Ottinger. We've talked about Campbell. What is a story that we necessarily haven't heard yet that, you know, you kind of found fascinating uh, coming up with this book? Yeah, um, it's a good one. I mean, right now, the the one that's fresh in my mind is just the, we've, and we've talked about this one, but it is fresh on my mind is just the, we see more and more talking about the, um, players and their being able to whether they should be able to play in the AHL as a 19 year old and it brings me back to the Honka story so that's a good one to talk kind of about the the uh the, the Julius Honka situation but the one I want to just bring up real quick just because it's um the kind of the thing that I was thinking of right now and you mentioned seeing Houston Arrows games before is this is and this is for our listener who might be in San Antonio. There's a nice in that book we went here. There's a nice chapter about um, kind of what was hockey in San Antonio yeah. because it was such a great rivalry between Texas and San Antonio. There was two teams that were right there. There was a good hockey community. Um, so it's kind of sad it's no longer there, but we at least try to remember it in the uh, in the book. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. There was a there was a great rivalry, and you know, add the arrows to that too. And anytime, yes, anytime yes. San Antonio came to Houston or Dallas, uh, sorry, Texas came, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that those were those were bigger games. So it's uh, yeah, always. I, I just love minor league hockey. I, I love the bits in between periods. I just you know, I love the family friendly atmosphere. It's such a great quality of hockey in the AHL. So if you get a chance. You know, make a trip out of it, head down toward Austin, and you can see the Texas Stars because you are seeing some studs down there. So I'm super excited. I'm going to do it this year, Sean, uh, and uh, watch some uh, quality hockey and uh, see how Mr. Stankoven, Borg, Bixel, on and on. Go see our friend Curtis McKenzie. So uh, excited about that as uh, well. So, all right, that's going to do it for Spits and Suds today. And uh, we're excited because... As you can tell, preseason hockey is underway, and before we know it, the regular season uh, will begin. We'll continue to break down you know, more and more players as we continue to watch them, and uh, we'll give our predictions as we get closer. So exciting times. So if you haven't yet, uh, feel free to, and please do, support Sean uh, for all his work on this podcast. He has a subscription base at Shap Shots, so always good to uh, support Sean. And, uh, so Sean can make a living. So he stays happy. He stays my friend, my teammate and stuff <laughs> like that. So that, that'll be, <laughs> and that'll be good. And, uh, just to let you guys know, uh, we'll be talking a lot of hockey this year on 105.3, the fan candidly, we, we upped our hockey content this year, partly because of spits and suds podcast. Uh, but we also saw, uh, kind of a, a void in the community, so to speak, where it wasn't being done. And we felt as though if we touched on certain things, the hits, so to speak, the big subjects, um, I think people would embrace that. And uh, that's what we did. And it came off very successful. I also, Sean, recently saw a research study. And it was pretty amazing to see how well the Dallas Stars tested in the market as far as I want to hear about Dallas Stars news. So I thought that was very fascinating. Part of it could be coming off of Western Conference Finals. Uh, people, A lot of people think they're closest to the championship of the major teams, but it was good to see that 
hockey definitely has some traction right now in the Metroplex. It is. I mean, we saw the uh, such a pretty good crowd for the preseason game there on, yeah. on, on Tuesday night as well. So that's that's all good. All very good. Absolutely. So. Rocking the lower ball bowl all year long. All right, Sean, thank you as always. We'll catch up with you later. That's going to do it for Spits and Suds. Please, as the season approaches, just spread the word. There's a great hockey podcast, and you know we talk about everything from the minors uh, to the majors and all in, and we'll go down those rabbit holes like we did today because we want you to have fun. We want this to be an enjoyable experience. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to Spits and Suds.